Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. To the program, I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. Can I tell you something? There's a, a special segment on the horizon. Just after 2.30, my wife and baby are going to come in and sit down. Why'd I invite him? Well, because I love him. I like seeing him. I also want to tell you a story. My wife and I met here in this newsroom here at KSL just over six years ago. I was working for Doug Wright, and she was working on the TV side of things. And we'd overlap a little bit. And I had a rule forever that, uh, you know, you don't date people in the workplace. That's probably not a recipe for anything good. Well, uh, when she came along, I had to break my rules. And uh, anyway, we started a wonderful relationship. And now we have a little baby to share. And uh, they'll be in here just after 2.30 to chat. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that conversation with my beautiful wife and beautiful baby, Piper. Before we get to that, though, we have to talk about a study that uh, producer Amy brought to my attention this morning. She said, uh, "She said, hey, Lee, uh, what do you think? Would you rather like telecommute or tele- teleport? Would you rather teleport uh, to work or drive uh, or like take a bike or something? And I said, what, do you, what, do you, what is this? What are you talking about? And um, so I, I said, no, that, I don't think you mean to say teleport. That can't be right. Um, that can't be. We're, we're, this isn't a study about teleporting. It's it's probably telecommuting because, you know, that's a thing where people will set up from their home a computer that allows them to access their workplace and do, uh, you know, helpful work. Telecommute. If the weather's bad, sometimes you telecommute. And she says, no, it says teleport. And so I look at the study and lo and behold, it is a study asking folks uh, their thoughts on teleportation. Teleportation. Uh, That's just like Star Trek, although they call it a transporter. Anyway, on the program right now, we are joined by Patrick Singleton. He's an assistant professor at Utah State University and is behind this study. And instead of me trying to explain this, let me get an expert to, to, to tell us what's going on up there at Utah State University. Professor, sir, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm well. L- let me ask you, t- t- describe this study for me, please. Sure. So we... Um wanted to ask about teleportation. And, you know, uh, my research looks at how do we understand how and why people make the transportation choices they do. So exactly, do you want to take the bus? Do you want to bike? Do you want to drive to work today? Um, And so, you know, the models that we use and the transportation planning methods we use to, you know, predict people's behavior, you know, assumes that our decisions are based on minimizing travel time. We want to get to our destination as fast as possible. But, um, you know, Recently, we found some studies that say, no, there are not, not everyone likes to do that. And some people seem to like to enjoy traveling or commuting. And so uh, one way that we could study this is by eliminating the whole option or the whole need to travel by teleporting. So we wanted to ask, you know, if uh, you could be teleported straight from home to work, would you teleport or would you prefer to spend some time commuting? And we thought, you know, who would want to commute? Well, you know, if people want to commute, what does that say about um, their travel preferences um, and things like that? 
if, if I'm honest, when I started this program, my wife and I moved back here to Salt Lake City and uh, got uh, a place temporarily relatively nearby the station. I, I walk here to work each morning. It's relatively quick. And if I'm honest, I don't know about teleportation, but I do miss... I do miss driving in the car. Did you find folks who who longed for driving in the car? And then I'm going to ask you about teleportation. We're glancing over, we're glossing over this very crucial uh, element to this whole study that you brought up teleportation as an op- option for commute. But let me ask you first: did, did you find a lot of folks that did cherish and enjoy their their commute in a vehicle to work, Mac? Yeah, definitely we did. Um, and you know, um, our research and, and several other studies have found that you know some people really do like that buffer zone between their home and work. They like, you know, taking that time to transition. They, they can de-stress. They don't have to bring all that issues at work back to the home to their families. Um, they might be productive. You know, if they're on the bus, they could read or sleep. If they're in the car, they can listen to KSL or listen to your show, and that might be an important part of their day. Um, so we definitely found that, you know, some people seem to like to enjoy that time to transition between their different roles in life. All right, so now talk to me about the the questionnaire how sure, the heck so, how do you get how do you get the funding how do you get folks to sign off on a study where one of the questions is hey uh you want to uh, you want to teleport to work <laughs> oh yeah well it, this was just a very one little question on a much longer study so we um actually i did this as part of my uh, phd work um, when i was in oregon at portland state university oh, and you know go ahead yep. no no, no I, I said congratulations uh, oh, yeah. on your course to phd yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was it was great, and we were looking at you know more more broadly these travel preferences and and experiences and feelings and emotions about associated with travel. And you know we tend to think that commuting is so you know stressful, um, but this study tried to focus on the enjoyment that people might get from their commutes, whether that's in a car, in a bus, or on a bike. And so we were able to get some funding to do a study. We asked about 650 commuters in Portland, Oregon. To fill out the survey, we asked them a lot about their commutes, and then we asked them if they would prefer to teleport or prefer to spend some time commuting. And we found that, surprisingly, you know, about a third of folks um, said they would rather spend at least a little bit of time um, commuting rather than just jump straight to work. So this is, this is, of course, not a suggestion that this technology is available to us, but rather it allows you to understand with, with, a, with a base level of understanding uh, what, how folks view their, their commute and the time between work and home. Exactly. And we, you know, we found one of the most interesting things we found was that people who walked and biked to work actually were much less likely to prefer to teleport than people who drove or rode transit. And that was actually sort of similar to some of the other research that um, people have done on these, these topics, um, similar to other research where we found that people who walk and bike tend to have a higher enjoyment of their travel, more satisfied with their travel time, have higher reported well-being, um, and seem to enjoy their commutes much more than those two of us who have to drive or, or ride the bus. Well, let me ask you, as we wrap up this conversation, in all seriousness, the data collected in a study like this, where does it go? What uh, what operations does it inform? Uh, what happens with this type of data? Sure. Well, so this gives us better information about how people are making their travel choices, and I think it could definitely inform how we plan for future transportation modes. So if you think about the possibility that autonomous vehicles are, you know, coming very soon, um, some of sometimes some AVs are actually here, um, people can treat their these self-driving cars potentially as an extension of their living room, their office, their bedroom. And so in some ways, you could almost teleport in your AV from your home into your car to work without 
sort of a, it's a seamless transition. So we think that maybe this could help us understand preferences for um, self-driving um, cars in the future. The impact of automated vehicles is absolutely fascinating. I sit up sometimes just daydreaming about what my life could be like, what the setup of my routine would be each day. Uh, time has run out on us today, but Professor, let's you and I connect in the future and talk about this topic in particular. It's an absolutely fascinating thing which uh, uh, deserves its own segment here on the program. Well, thanks so much, and I hopefully I can um, you know get to you faster sometime um, in the future. Very good technology. All right, Patrick Singleton, transportation assistant professor at Utah State University, uh, just undertook a big study looking at uh, how we would prefer getting to work, and one of the options available to uh, those surveyed was, uh, what do you think about transportation, uh, like a transporter from Star Trek? Anyway, uh, next up is probably going to be one of my favorite segments on this program to date. In studio, I'm going to have two of my favorite people. My beautiful wife, Jessica, and my brand new baby, Piper. I invited my wife and baby in for Valentine's Day. I met my wife here at KSL News Radio. I want to tell you the story of how we met. Uh, please indulge me. That's coming up next here on KSL. This is Live Mike, and I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.